0: I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, a holistic look at music's effect on our everyday lives. My guest today is with the National Institute on Aging, NIA. NIA is one of the 27 institutes and centers of the National Institutes of Health and leads a broad scientific effort to understand the nature of aging and to extend the healthy, active years of life. NIA is the primary federal agency supporting and conducting Alzheimer's disease research. Dr. Carrie St. Hilaire-Clark is Program Director of the NIA's Division of Neuroscience. In this capacity, she represents the Institute on a number of working groups, including the Music and Health Working Group. Dr. St. Hilaire Clark received her PhD in neuroscience from Johns Hopkins University. Welcome to Enhance Life with Music, Currys. Hi, Mindy. Thanks so much for having me. A couple years ago, I watched the movie Alive Inside, and it blew my mind. (laughs) For listeners who aren't familiar with this movie, I'll include a link in the show notes. It is a powerful, award-winning movie that features the work of Dr. Oliver Sacks and the ability of music to reawaken people suffering from dementia. Some of the people in the movie are suffering from Alzheimer's to the point of being virtually unresponsive. And it's really emotional to see them literally come out of that state when they have the simple experience of listening to music that they enjoyed in their youth. Mm-hmm. I've had the pleasure of interviewing a couple of the experts featured in the film, including Dr. Sachs colleague, Dr. Connie Tamino. This documentary inspired a research project that is currently being funded by an NIA grant. Chris, tell us about this research project.
1: Sure, sure. So the, the grant that you're referring to is being done by Dr. Vincent Moore at Brown University. And this the title of his study is called Metrical. And as you just mentioned, it, it draws from a lot of what was seen on, on the Alive Inside. It, the, the goal is to implement across 66 nursing homes a music program that involves using this iPod technology, to deliver the individualized music to people with Alzheimer's disease, so essentially playlists of their favorite songs that they may have heard throughout the years, and what he wants to do is see whether having them listen to these playlists could somehow impact their behavioral and psychological symptoms of Alzheimer's disease, Mm -hmm. and some of these things include things like agitation, depression, anxiety. He's even looking at mood and quality of life. And the really great thing about this is that through this entire process across the 66 nursing homes, he hopes to enroll 1,620 participants. Mm. So we have a really large sample size that, that we'll be able to um, you know, get some meaningful information at the end of this as to whether music can indeed impact these outcomes that he's looking at.
0: Yeah, and with these personalized playlists, this information is coming from family members in terms of what music their loved ones enjoyed? Exactly, exactly. Okay. Exactly. And is there a certain time period of their life that they're that is really being targeted? Like is it the teen years or their youth, say, before age thirty, or is it just any music that they enjoyed?
1: My understanding is that the latter, so any type okay. of music they might have heard, you know, their significant other Really listening to, dancing to during, you know, the periods of, of, of either when they were a child and may have told them about it or, or even when they were growing up as a parent to this particular person, you know, okay. what was something that really stood out to them. So uh, the, the caregiver would be really, really important in that aspect, you know, really trying to um, identify those specific songs.
0: Uh-huh. So my understanding is the idea was that this movie was really powerful and yet it is considered anecdotal evidence and this study mm-hmm. is really seeking to put some rigorous scientific backing be- and research into that topic is that right?
1: Yes. Yes, that that's correct. So since the documentary aired um, I believe it was in 2014 mm-hmm. Um, Many states have actually introduced this this type of music program in nursing homes. Ah. However, because the implementation varied so much across each of the states, it's difficult to rigorously test the impact of the program. Mm-hmm. And that's
0: what Dr. Moore's study is going to do here. Sure. So it really allows them to systematically measure what that effect is. Mm-hmm. And this is a five-year program? It is. And we're currently in what, year four?
1: I believe we're in year four, either year three or year four. But as you can imagine, the pandemic has significantly impacted. Yes. It's really delayed the study. So, um, I hope within the next three years or so, we we might be able to see some exciting results published.
0: Okay, so when you say it's delayed, this study, has the study pretty much been put on hold?
1: So I I don't know specifically for this particular study, but a lot of the human subject studies that the NIA is funding has been put on hold.
0: Yeah, I imagine the whole pandemic situation and quarantine could really throw a wrench into their results. And at the Mm -hmm. same time, it's probably one of those debates like, oh, it'd be so great to continue to provide this to residents of nursing homes. And yet... At the same time, it's definitely complicated because of the quarantine, and I'm sure it can affect their results as well.
1: Correct. And I think because, remember, the nursing homes were hit so severely,
0: a lot of things just
1: had to to be put on hold as a result.
0: Sure. Well, I imagine that one of the factors in the study, too, is the loss of some of the participants. You know, if they don't survive for the full five years, that that affects things also. Is there any preliminary results that are being systematically rolled out, or is all of the results being held onto the end of the study?
1: Held. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, unfortunately, I don't have anything that I can report on at this point. Sure, Sorry. sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I, I wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well I will just really enjoy seeing the results of that because that movie was just so touching and yes. so impactful. Uh, you know, I mean it just gives you chills to to watch the effect that hearing this music had on, on some of the residents. That's my right. my guess is that the residents who are participating in this study are residents who are experiencing some kind of agitation or anxiety or aggressive behavior. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Well, can you tell us about any other recent or current music and dementia research projects or results or trends that you're seeing?
1: There isn't a lot that we're funding at the moment specifically targeted at dementia or, or, or Alzheimer's disease. But there, there is one study that I can mention, and this is a study that's being done by Dr. Dorina Petrovsky at the University of Pennsylvania. And um, this is based on the fact that there's evidence supporting the importance of sleep you know, to overall performance and quality of life, mm-hmm. in, in, especially in people with Alzheimer's disease and dementia. So sleep disruption in those with Alzheimer's disease is very common Mm. and it can be quite debilitating for for these individuals. So this study will examine whether a music intervention that's delivered at home to older adults with Alzheimer's disease that might be suffering from sleep disruption is even feasible, at all is this something that we might be able to take to a larger study so it's very preliminary um and the goal is really to see if it can be adopted successfully Um, in a later study and and hopefully improve their sleep.
0: Well, I can totally see how that could become a real downward spiral when you can't sleep because I had a time period where I was really struggling with severe insomnia and I felt like I had Alzheimer's, you know. it's And and so I can imagine if you already have some form of dementia and then you can't sleep, it's just going to exacerbate any symptoms that you may already have.
1: That's right, that's right.
0: The National Institutes of Health has partnered with the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts on an initiative called Sound Health. Can you tell us mm-hmm. about the purpose and the results of this collaboration? Sure. The
1: Sound Health Initiative was initiated in 2017. So not that mm, long ago. Yeah. Not that long ago. And uh, NIH, and, and NIH which is part of NIH. We continue to be invested in research on how music affects the brain. And that was really the the, the driving force for this initiative. Not to mention the fact that we had the renowned Renee Fleming mm-hmm. and Dr. Francis Collins, who essentially, and I, I, I won't tell you the how, how it all began, because I could never tell the story as great as they can.
0: Oh, uh, well, they're not here. <laughs> so I would love to hear your version of the story. Oh, no, I haven't I, heard that. I, I walked into that one. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so so my my recollection and hopefully this comes out as clearly as I can possibly make <laughs> it is that they they both met at a dinner party. And this was a, a dinner party that and, and
0: that was Renee and Fr- Dr. Francis and, Collins. And Dr.
1: Francis Collins, correct? Okay. And and this was a, a dinner party that had a number of Supreme Court judges in attendance. Mm. And it was, I believe, on the day that there was a vote on gay marriage. But they thought that there was a, just a, a little bit of tension in the room. And luckily, <laughs> Dr. Collins moves around with his trusty guitar very frequently. Uh-huh. So he went to his car, brought out his guitar. Renee joined him and they started singing a song. Oh, wow. And it changed the entire mood at the dinner party. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and that's essentially how it all began. You know, the, uh. the opera singer meeting the neuroscientist struck up a, a partnership. And um, that's how the Sound Health Initiative was born.
0: Oh, what a great story! <laughs> well, I understand that Dr. Collins performs with the Affordable Rock and Roll Band, which is a band of NIH staffers. Can you tell us anything about this band? Wow, I'm learning things today. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no. The affordable, the Affordable Rock and Roll Act, I think, is what it's called. Okay, oh, that's well, so funny. I'm I'll gonna have, have to-, to look that up now. <laughs> Well, and speaking of Renee Fleming, she, she recently quoted, had a quote that she said, nowadays, I almost don't meet anybody, particularly in medicine, who didn't study music at some point, which is, is really interesting. Wow. Now, granted, wow. she's meeting a lot of people who are... In the music world. So I imagine that affects things a little bit. But Well, tell <laughs> us some funny. more about the Sound Health Initiative and oh, some yes. of the, the different results that they've seen or the different projects that they've collaborated on with Kennedy Center for Performing Arts and also, I think, National Endowment for the Arts.
1: Definitely. So the partnership also involves the National Endowment for the Arts, as you just mentioned. And um, the whole, the, I should say that the goal of this initiative, is to really explore different ways to understand this music brain relationship and try to unravel the mechanisms that are underlying the therapeutic potential of music. In addition to that, we we could create public awareness and and how the brain functions and and interacts with music. Mm. So through the initiative, we were able to fund 15 projects at a total of $20 million over five years. Mm. And this was in 2019. These projects span the gamut from basic science to, um, you know, more clinical research, clinical trials. And one example of a a relatively basic project would be something um, like understanding how brains are shaped by music over time from Mm. childhood to adulthood. Clinical research... One example would be understanding the impact of a singing intervention on cardiovascular health in older patients with heart disease. So we have a a wide array of projects that, that we're funding under this initiative currently. And the really cool, really exciting thing that I should also mention is that we have more initiatives that are active at the moment. So investigators or anyone with interest could apply with whatever ideas they have for these studies, you know, how um, music can be a therapy for, for any type of condition. Mm. They're free to put in an application to NIH and, ah. you know, it, hopefully it can get funded.
0: So you're accepting proposals right now?
1: We definitely are.
0: Okay. And if listeners are interested in, in taking action on that, would they go to the Sound Health site or the NIH site? Where should I direct them? They can go to the Sound Health website. Okay. I will include that in the show notes. Is there a link on that page that gives a list of all of the projects that the initiative has? is currently funding has funded in the past
1: yes yes they might need to navigate a little bit but but it's
0: definitely there okay i'll be i'll be interested in checking those out This is a quick break for our sponsor, RollFlex. If you're a regular listener of this show, you've probably heard me talk about my RollFlex Pro. It played a significant role in healing my repetitive use injuries, and I've continued to use it every day for years, both to prevent injuries and because it feels so good. The RollFlex Pro is a foam roller tool with clam-shaped arms that provide leverage to adjust the pressure to whatever you like or can tolerate. I use it mainly on my arms and in the neck shoulder area, but it can be used on any body part because of how it's designed. I highly recommend it. As I mentioned, I've been using the RollFlex daily for years and recently signed up as an affiliate. So you can help support the show at no extra cost to you by purchasing through my link in the show notes. The RollFlex is eligible for reimbursement from flexible spending accounts and HSAs. It's also eligible for medical insurance reimbursement in certain situations. More information is on the RollFlex website.
1: This is Bob Bender, host of the Business Side of Music podcast. Check out our show where we talk about all things related to the music industry. We laugh, we share memories, we discuss what's worked and what didn't work. Our industry is always evolving and can never be locked inside a box. From the rookie fresh off the bus to the well-seasoned professional wondering which new direction to take their career, our show covers all the bases. Join us as we chase this elusive animal we like to call the music industry. Check us out at businesssideofmusic.com.
0: Well, I understand that even more recently than 2017, there's been an online launch of the Sound Health Network, is that sort of an outgrowth of the Sound Health Initiative? It is.
1: So the Sound Health Network is under that large umbrella of Sound Health. Okay. Um, it, it was launched in just this past January, actually, January wow. of 2021. Oh. And that's led by the NEA, the National Endowments for the Arts, and UCSF, University of California, San Francisco. And the network... Um, You know, its goal is to really help facilitate collaborations across various stakeholders to explore the impact of music on the brain, health and and wellness. And um, one really cool thing about the network is that it it, it hosts a a searchable online database of all of the publications on music and health. So it's all centralized if if Mm. folks want to take a look.
0: Yeah. And this site is pretty easy to get to. I'll definitely link in the show notes, but Mm -hmm. soundhealth.ucsf.edu. I love all the different partnerships and collaborations that are going on. So that involves pretty heavy involvement with the University of California, San Francisco? Correct. Along with National Institutes of Health and the Kennedy Center for Performing Arts and Renee Fleming.
1: <laughs> Correct.
0: And it's, it's continuing to expand, you
1: know, as, as we fund more applications, we have more investigators that are going to be part of this, this network, this consortium that, that we hope to keep keep building.
0: Mm. Are there any other exciting collaborations you can tell us about related to music and dementia research mm-hmm. that the NIA has in the hopper? Sure. So there is one really exciting, I've said really exciting so many times because I'm
1: super excited about (laughs) (laughs) everything related to sound health. Um, This one is a collaboration between the NIH and the Foundation for NIH, in partnership with the Renee Fleming Foundation. And this is an activity that we're trying to lead over this year, that would involve really encouraging the the community, the scientists, researchers, music therapists to infuse rigor into the studies. But in order to do that, we're having a a series of virtual meetings to develop evidence-based music therapies for brain disorders of aging. So focusing initially on diseases like Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. disease, stroke, for example. And the goal here would be to help develop standards and tools that can be applied to all music-based interventions, you know, across the lifespan, eventually. Mm. So we're bringing together experts in different communities, neuroscience, behavioral interventions, music therapy, music medicine, clinical trials, as well as arts and patient advocates, because we want to hear the perspectives from all of these communities, so we think they would be very critical to developing these standards for music-based interventions.
0: Ah, So
1: that that first meeting is set to occur at the end of this month, on March 31st.
0: That is exciting. Yeah, and
1: everyone's invited.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where can we find more out about this? On the Sound Health website. All right.
1: Yeah, um, there should be a link to it on the Sound Health website, and a link to register
0: as well. I will definitely be checking that out. Well, I love that the NIA is investigating these different ways that music can affect quality of life and just the aging process in general. Because, I mean, obviously, music is a non-invasive
1: intervention.
0: Mm-hmm. It's non-pharmacological as a neuroscientist, what do you see as other potential benefits of music on cognitive health in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. when you think about music's effect on our cognitive health and the aging process?
1: Yeah, it's 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 interesting that you asked that question, because um, I've, I've gotten it a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, at this stage, you know, while, while I think there is that potential for music to impact our, our cognition and, and um, you know, Maybe even help stave off some of these neurodegenerative diseases. We just don't have the data to, to really confirm that at this stage. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there are a number of studies that, that are investigating this question, and many of are, are promising. But it's just difficult to definitively stay at this point if there is any benefit, and if so, if the benefit is durable, Mm -hmm. can it be replicated in other participants? So, um yeah, it yeah. sounds
0: like there are a lot of research projects going on right now that we're in the midst of uh, you know in large part due to what n i a is doing and sound health is has there been an explosion of research on this topic because there are so many anecdotal there's so much anecdotal evidence that mm-hmm. that it, of the benefits of music. Have you seen an explosion in research projects that just aren't complete yet?
1: We're starting to see more. And I think that's largely in part due to the Sound Health Initiative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, you know, I, I think five years from now, hopefully I'm not turning anybody away, but I think we're going to see that, that explosion pretty soon, in mm-hmm. fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Anything else that you want to mention about music's application in increasing quality of life for those with dementia or the therapeutic potential of music for those with dementia?
1: Well, I will say, you know, and just looking, as you mentioned, at the response from those individuals that were listening to their favorite songs and on a live inside documentary mm-hmm. i I would say, you know, music clearly is having some kind of effect on mood and and you know, lifting people's spirits. and I, I would say just keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. you know, no, there isn't sound evidence that it can affect your cognition or or, or stave off Alzheimer's disease. But there certainly hasn't been any reports of it harming anyone. So I would say definitely do that. And, um, you know, one other thing that that we tend to not think about is hearing loss, right? Mm -hmm. One in three adults uh, over the age of 65 has a hearing loss. Mm -hmm. So uh, just think that's, 33% of the population over age 65, that's not able to experience or fully experience the joy of music. Mm. So I would recommend that if anyone has a a hearing deficit or think they might not hear as well as they used to, to get their hearing checked Mm -hmm. and, you know, their regular doctor's visits.
0: Yeah. And act preventatively too. If you're going to a concert, wear earplugs. Exactly. My kids are cringing right now if they're listening to this. (laughs) Protect your hearing.
1: (laughs) Exactly. It's so important. So important.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing some of these exciting research projects that are underway. I look forward to looking up Sound Health's website and learning more about the initiatives they, that they have going on and have funded in the past. Yes. And uh, so thankful for these projects that uh, are being made possible by the NIA funding and Renee Fleming, too. I mean, she's really been oh, an advocate for amazing. music and yes. dementia and Alzheimer's, has not she?
1: Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm very impressed.
0: Well, thank you so much, Carise, for your time. I really appreciate it. This was delightful to talk to you and uh, look forward to keeping up with these different research projects and the findings that result.
1: Oh, definitely. Thank you so much. And see you on the 31st of March.
0: Yes, definitely. Saved <laughs> <laughs> by the bell there. <laughs> Thanks. That was great information on some exciting research that is going on now and on a couple ways we can get involved in policies and research on this topic. One way to get involved and have your voice heard is to attend the online NIH and music meeting on March 31st. It's on a Wednesday and begins at noon Central Time. This is a free event, but you do need to register. The link is in the show notes. I'm registered and hope to see you there. And if you have an innovative idea related to the therapeutic use of music, check out the grant Carice mentioned. Again, links are in the show notes. If you have a story of music enhancing the life of someone with dementia, I'd love to hear it. You can connect with me on email, social media, or my website, All links are in today's show notes at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast slash episode 86. There's also a quick and convenient link right in the show details in your podcast app. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next week, may your life be enhanced with music.